Hi, I'm Batsheva Frankel from Overthrowing Education, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of the EdTech Distilled Podcast. My name is Adam Geisen. Uh, with me, surprise, surprise, is Dave Lurch. Dave? This is not the podcast you are looking for. <laughs> or maybe it is, because it's May the 4th. It's like you plan that. So, yes, we are recording this yeah. uh, on May 4th. So, of course, we have to uh, interject some Star Wars every place that we possibly can. And you every jumped place. right in off the start. So, well I, done, Dave. I've been writing down Star Wars-related intros all day. So, oh, I was like, can awesome. I do a C-3PO impression? Right. And then I was like, I can't, so I'm not going to do that. Right. Maybe, you know, I was going to, like, maybe sing, like, some John Williams, like, choir orchestral music. And oh, then I gosh. thought we would get copyright claimed. And so, right. I feel like that was a better decision and you know i yeah. feel like that is what our fans come to expect i'm sorry yeah our fan fan comes to, comes to expect <laughs> we uh yeah you didn't want to do like the family guy cleveland r2d2 the beep boop beep boop <laughs> that's what hey, i should have no you should have beep boop. <laughs> all right anyway um so uh so anyway it is obviously May 4th, so we have to at least put a little bit of Star Wars in there. We will be talking about one Star Wars thing in our mm -hmm. new and upcoming. But more importantly than that, we are joined tonight uh, by Krista, Dr. Krista Wells. I don't want to leave Dr. the doctor Krista out of there. Wells. Dr. Krista, thank you so much for joining. And we're going to just call you Dr. Krista the whole time. Is that cool? That is awesome. That's a cool name. <laughs> you know, Krista. it's funny. My name is only, my last name is only four letters, and everybody always messes it up. <laughs> Do they really? <laughs> yeah. Really? What they do they mess it up as? Welts. Uh, oh, Welts. Well, Welts. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's four letters. We got. We have to do a better job of reading in this country, I think. Right. I think so. Four letters is tough to mess up there. But. <laughs> well, we're excited to talk to you. You have a uh, library-heavy background, uh, yes. and so we're excited to kind of see your perspective on library and ed tech and how that all fits together. And it is sort of a different world. And we're, we'll, we'll talk to you in just a moment. But like we said, please join in on the, on the conversation. If you've got any comments on any of the weird things that we talk about for the next like five minutes, you got mm -hmm. it. Feel free to jump in. Feel free. All right, Dave, start us off. Yeah, something kind of cool. Uh, so we always talk about educational technology, education and tech news. And um, so I saw a couple of things that I thought were really neat uh, that are worth kind of reading about, because I think that as we go further and further with, you know, the way that technology is integrating into classrooms, uh, VR becomes more of a a relevant and appropriate tool to start looking at if you're a teacher or media specialist or in, in a capacity like that. And uh, so I think a lot of us know like Oculus, that's probably the most popular VR you mm -hmm. know, headset that you can get. And uh, Meta is putting together a VR headset called Project Cambria. Mm -hmm. And the way they're setting this up is rather than be like Oculus, which Oculus is primarily uh, a gaming platform, um, this Project Cambria headset is going to function like a laptop for your face. And <laughs> the idea being that 
it goes into detail on how things are going to be done. But the way that I envision it is kind of like a heads up display, you know, a la like video games like in Halo or Call of Duty or something like that, where um, you can pull something up and kind of interact with it, which is kind of cool. Uh, you know, again, I'm not sure what I think about something called Meta Project Cambria laptop for your face <laughs> as something yeah. that I would be the first in line to try. Right. But it might be the second. You know, yeah. I, I think it sounds kind of cool. And this this goes through uh, Meta's what they are projecting and proposing that they're going to be doing. Right. Now, do, they own the Oculus, though, don't they? They do. Yeah, I yeah. think that I think what their idea behind this is to move away from gaming and do something a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Uh, more laptopy. Or yeah. face laptoping. Oh, yeah, fa face, face laptoping. Face you know, maybe face laptops, not trademark yet. We need to get in on that. Oh, my God. Facelaptop.com. I'm looking it up. <laughs> right. I'm going to GoDaddy <laughs> right now. Get, get it on for Repl $10 for the next Repl four years. Repl That's right. free right now. We can code a new website or something. There you go. So. We should. Idea, guys. Yes. The, uh, <laughs> the second kind of neat, uh, <laughs> neat link is... Um, there is a, I believe in China right now, uh, somebody has created a, a battery that fast charges uh, from zero to 60% in six minutes. So, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, traditional batteries, I'm not sure what the length of time it takes to charge, but uh, a group right now, a company has created this battery that uh, is this extremely fast charge rate. And they're experimenting right now with whether or not when you charge it. Uh, so the way the Tesla or electric uh, vehicle batteries work is typically they charge very rapidly at first to maximize your charge and then they slow down so as to not over time deteriorate or degrade the charging capacity and so oh. they're looking right now is this kind of just like a charge it as fast as you can and then use the battery and then eventually it will die and you have to dispose of it or is it more responsible to have this battery charge really quickly and then slow down so that you can prolong the life of the battery. So kind of hmm. cool. A neat, a neat little technology that's being experimented on with some. That is some, interesting. Yeah, some cool ideas there. What would that be for? The phones, laptops? What yeah, they a, mention? A, I think just all. The, right <laughs> now, they're primarily looking at, at it through a phone lens, kind of thinking about like how this applies to phones. Because even though we're all recording this on a computer, you know, I think that if there was a way to streamline doing your work on your phone, I think we would all do that. And so um, that's where the focus primarily is right now, but still kind of a neat, neat idea. And I super experimental again, like, you know, they, they in the article, they talk about how they've had a lot of fires from this. And so oh, God, yeah, you know, sure. not necessarily something that you're going to rush out and get, but still pretty cool. <laughs> is that the galaxy note? What was the, which was the note that caught on fire? Oh my god! I don't remember what the number was. That was a disaster. It was a disaster, but charged really fast. And um, and you know what? And maybe that's what you're paying for. You just want to yeah. flex on your friends and be like, "Hey, it's charged already," and now it's on fire. So yes. right. we uh, we just recently upgraded our phone. I, we kind of talked about this a couple of podcasts ago when John Kirpo made fun of me for liking Android phones, but um, we uh, we kind of upgraded in our family. We all had we had Samsung Galaxy S tens. Right and then we upgraded to 22s, which sounds like a lot of, like, there's a whole bunch of phones we skipped. Um, but they jumped from, like, 10 to, like, 20 or something like that. I don't know. It was weird. Anyway. Um, so, by, you know, by the time we're ready to switch, we've had these phones for five, six years. We hadn't paid anything on them in forever. Um, and the battery would last at school. Battery, I'd leave school and my battery would be about 60%, which I thought, you know, 
60 percent that's not terrible because school buildings you know how school buildings are you can't get a good reception in there and that eats your battery like crazy so i got my new phone and i was super pumped to see how like how much better it was going to be in the afternoon and i left the day with the my first day with the new phone and it was 65 percent so like exactly the same fantastic so i know so i uh you know like how long do these batteries really are they really that bad even after five years that's a good point i don't know the other thing is there's a level of response and it talks about this in the article there's a level of responsibility i think we have for our environment to make better batteries you know right we don't want to have batteries that are for lack of a better term diaper accidents of batteries you know what i mean (laughs) yes i do know what you mean so just we'll leave it there but yeah i think it's worth i I just think it's a cool idea that we're thinking of ways to take Mm -hmm. on the topic of making things better using technology uh very cool and uh so this is about how uh people have been looking at uh the mrna uh, with within people when they're looking at their DNA strands, breaking it down further to the mRNA, and they've actually found uh, where certain people have a uh, more likelihood of having a heart attack, oh. and so they might actually be able to uh, reverse engineer a cure to prevent that heart attack. Now, obviously, you know your your best bet if you suffer from heart problems is always going to be diet and exercise, but Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this is a way that we can use some medicine to target that. So really cool. The the human genome project is such a neat idea and has just been this amazing breakthrough. And I feel like it doesn't get enough coverage. And uh, this is kind of taking off that research and building into it, you know, preventative and uh, you know, potential cures to, uh, to major problems. Now, again, I think when we talk about like medical issues, throwing out the term cure right. is a pretty heavy term. And the article dances around that. And and I'm not 100% sure that they didn't just throw that in as a pull quote. Right. Yeah. Or click on it. clickbait. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's, you know, it talks about how somebody who has had a heart attack, they could reverse engineer ways to, you know, a lot of times if you have a heart attack, it will, you know, weaken your aortic wall or it will hurt the the heart valves that you have. And now they could maybe reverse engineer ways through your actual DNA or in this case, your RNA to um, strengthen those or to kind of build back a little bit so mm-hmm. that you are healthier. So very cool. Kind of yeah. a neat thing. So. Yeah. Well, kind of on the same, sort of the same, not really. Um the one one of the ideas that I found, and this is not necessarily a new article, and it's in uh, it'll be in the show notes. It was actually released uh, in September uh, of last year, so it's not very new. But it's talking a lot about um, robot developments and a s- couple of companies, specifically one called Alphabet X, um, that has built a a robot like lower body um, to help people who you know have either lost control of their lower body or have you know can't use their legs things like that um and it's sort of like and it reminds me a ton of if you remember iron man two three which was iron man which was the iron man two the one with um uh yeah the one with um oh hammer um iron man two yes yes who plays him uh, I keep wanting to say Oliver Stone. It's not Oliver Stone. It's I don't remember who plays okay. Hammer. I can't think of it. Anyway, so he's like building all of these fake Iron Mans, trying to copy Iron Man. Of course, they're all disasters. Um, but I 
think that there is real potential in this type of you know like lower body robot but what the rest of this article talks about which is kind of neat because it just goes through sort of the developments and how they've tried it on people and and like the way it all works and there's actually like schematics in this article and how the whole thing you know propels motion but they also talk a little bit about how robots are working their way into uh work situations and we're starting to see those. And the reason this particular article came across was because they talked specifically about um, a, a company in the Midwest, in our area, um, called Schnucks. It's a grocery store. If you're in the St. Louis area, you totally know what I'm talking about. Uh, or somewhere in Missouri and, and Illinois, you might have seen these. Uh, right. But they're the robots that go around and take inventory um, and go through and see where things are empty and can do the ordering and all of this cool stuff uh, that, you know, makes people's jobs easier. So anyway, cool. th- it was a really neat article. They go through a whole bunch of different ideas. And there's like this really cool video of a robot uh, picking up uh, boxes in a factory and moving them to another place. And, you know, while I, I know that we talk a lot about, um, you know, robot robots taking human jobs away, I don't think we're losing jobs in a lot of these what it's actually doing is just making people be able to do their jobs longer and better uh you know with fewer you know back problems and things like that i think that's uh it's cool potential well and and if ever you needed a reason why it's good to expose kids to coding or to machine learning or things like that you know i mean what a great opportunity and and something like that probably you don't have to have an engineering degree to to run you just need to understand the basics behind fine tuning or whatever you need to do to make sure that thing is working the way it should. And, you know, that's, that, I think that's amazing. And, and truly, I think as we move more towards the concept of, you know, $20 an hour minimum wage and things like that, you know, giving people livable wages for longer. Yeah. I think that, uh, that's definitely something that will, would, uh, would lend itself that. Cause my dad works in a, he's a, a factory floor manager and mm-hmm. he, he says all the time, you know, he he could work until his seventies or into his eighties, but it's just, you know, he's just worn out. And right. it would be awesome if those machines that he was working with didn't require that heavy lifting part. You know, yeah. Again, you know, I think he would still retire, but still, you know, not <laughs> right. necessarily be forced to do it. So yeah. Well, it's an interesting. There's a quote in here. It says the com- this is from the CEO of this company, Agility, which is which makes some of these work robots. It says the conversation around automation has shifted a bit. It's viewed as an enabling technology to allow you to keep the workforce that you have. So the conversation is shifting a little bit instead of taking people's jobs, but actually allowing them to keep their jobs longer. Which, yeah. you know, I think if that's really the direction, I, I don't see a I don't see a negative there. And more power to them. Mm-hmm all right uh we do have a couple uh, more a, yeah we do have a google, google update yeah so this is pretty minor i think that as the school year winds down google tends to wrap up a lot of the things they're going to roll out because most of us aren't going to be uh, depending on when you're listening to this this is as we said may the 4th and um a lot of schools i think are going to be wrapping up in the next six weeks or so and so google tends to cut back a little on those big rollouts and those big releases for updates but something kind of neat uh, that i like that is uh more of a protective feature uh but uh, google workspace has updated to include um, some warning banners so if somebody shares with you a google doc or a sheet or a slide and they share it from the internet, so it's not somebody within your domain. Um, they will kind of look at this and share that, hey, this could be potentially malicious. This could be, uh, you know, a dangerous file that is being shared with you. You may want to reconsider opening it. And I, I kind of like that because, you know, our, our kids, we, we are 
more and more working in school districts that are one-to-one and kids have access to round the clock technology. And so just having that option to be a little bit more responsible to give you that, that warning that, Hey, you know, maybe this Mm -hmm. is not something that you want to open. Maybe this document that says open me in all lowercase. So, yeah, well, they made a lot, they made a lot of improvements in, in Gmail, giving you warning notifications for, for emails that it even suspects may not be, even when they're, you know, emails from people you've gotten, um, that you've gotten emails from before, you still get a pretty good amount of warnings, uh, just kind of built into Gmail, which I think is really helpful. I I was just put in our spam. I was marked as potential spam. So either I send, either I send too many emails or somebody is probably what it is. Or yeah. somebody is tired of getting emails from me. So well, that is, <laughs> and that does happen. People will mark things as spam instead of either deleting them or archiving them, right. uh, and that can that can mess some stuff up. That's for sure. What's funny though is when I go into the admin side of things, I'm in the exact same account that's marked as potential spam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so I'm like, it's okay. I will allow these emails to be sent from. I just want to be sure. We just got to be. We got to be careful. Since it's May the fourth, Adam, we got to talk about something big. Well, today. sure. the uh, The newest version of the Obi One uh, trailer came out. Came out today, right? Came out today, yeah. Just today, because it's a special day in in the galaxy far, far away. Uh, and it, but it, it looks fantastic. Yeah, it does look good. The first one, you know, like the first trailer, it did look exciting, um, but. You know how many desert scenes are you going to have? Like how many scenes are we going to have of Obi Wan just sitting on a mountain, like looking at a, a kid through mic like through uh, binoculars? Like that's kind of creepy, actually. <laughs> but like <laughs> he's looking at Luke. He's looking he's, at Luke Skywalker. I know, but you know, I you don't know, know when you when you break it down like that, Star Wars is kind of a creepy. <laughs> show. I mean, it, the first film is about an elderly man who hides in the desert just to watch a <laughs> child. That's why I never got into it. (laughs) (laughs) There's a. I I once heard somebody say they could summarize like all movies like in one sentence, like just a random Mm -hmm. sentence. And so they told me that Star Wars is a story about an old man who takes a robot to get a bath. And (laughs) in the movie, it does. does. That is true. Anyway, the show does look really good anytime. And I still think. Out of all of the Star I just, again, nerd conversation for just a second, so we're sorry, Krista, just hang on for a second. That's all right. Uh, the, uh, um, the best Darth Vader reveal in all of the movies, I still think, is the one that's in um, Rogue One, Rogue One oh, for sure. Bar none, yeah. The second one. His yeah. reveal when, they, yeah. when he goes to his little temple is kind of dumb. The one where he shows up on that ship, Amazing, and I wish that they had done that in in, you know episode four. But um, I'm excited to see this reveal because again, this one is even you know earlier than that, and Hayden Christensen is in it, uh, and I'm kind of interested to see how that whole thing works. I'm I'm very intrigued because I mean, let's be honest, the prequels aren't great. I mean, I know that can you can be upset about that statement, and you can love them, and that's okay. I love them, but I have them on VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray, but. (laughs) VHS. Just yeah. in case, just in right. case VHS comes back. Just in case right. we get hit with a, yeah. a nuke or something like that. Right. And then I just want to look at it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, like, I, I love them. Saw them in theaters. I mean, I'm hardcore. But objectively, 
they're not great mm-hmm. films. Right. And I and I feel like there's a lot there. And I don't think Hayden Christensen's a bad actor. And we know Ewan McGregor is not a bad actor. So right, right. I'm here for that. I'm excited to see how that turns out. So totally. Yeah, I'm pumped. We shall see. So uh so anyway, that's all very exciting. Um and and so that's kind of our new and interesting stuff that's going on. Um hopefully you learned something. I know I did. I always learn from Dave in these segments because yeah. he doesn't have awesome finding cool man. stuff. I'm a master teacher, you know. That's I mean, what it is. It, so that's right. Yeah. Speaking of master teachers, let's uh, shift Segway. gears. We're gonna yes, we're That's really solid. nailing the segues these last really few episodes. Are. You You're are transitions. <laughs> I know. Uh, so, uh, so Krista, you are uh, currently in New Jersey, correct? Yes. Yeah. It's ten o'clock right now. Ten p.m. Oh, wow. Your children. Just, sorry about that. So much of your time. <laughs> so I am so sorry. <laughs> She'll never come back on here again. In fact, she's going to tell everyone, do not listen to these guys. Don't listen to these idiots. Yes. Oh, I love you guys. Oh, just fast forward through toward the first 20 minutes. Um, probably. Yeah, right. Um, okay, so um, so give us just like, really quickly, what, how is your, how'd you get to uh, where you are now? Kind of where are you now and how'd you get there is really sort of our question. We love to ask the guests on the show and just kind of see their journey. Um, I guess long story short, um, I worked in a public library for seven years right after I got out of college. Um, and, you know, I, I just put books away. That was my job. It was minimum wage. Back back then it was, I think, $6 an hour. Um, and you, you, you were not allowed to talk to anybody. You just had to put the books away and that's it. Oh, wow. um, but I really wanted to help people. And the only way you could do that was is, is if you were the librarian. So I was like, you know what? Let me go back and get my master's in um, library studies. And, and back then they called it communication information and library studies. And it took me about three and a half years to get that job. And, um, you know, I got it. I became a librarian. And then what's really great is that I guess God had it in, in you know, written in a plan. When I was in library school, I, I specialized in school libraries and people were like, you know, you know, why are you doing that? Why don't you do like, you know, digital archives or something? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I figure being in, in education is always a good thing. So you're well-rounded in public and school libraries. So what was cool is you had to do your internship. And I did my internship at my my high school, my former high school media center, which I oh, never wow. even went into when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even know it existed. Oh, <laughs> life's great ironies. Yeah. 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 So it was cool. So, so I went in there and, you know, the two librarians were very nice. And I, I spent a couple of uh, weeks there. I think it was twice a week. I had to stay there for about six hours. And then, fine, I did the internship. I went back to the public library. And then out of the blue, I get a call from both of them, both of the school librarians. And they said, we're retiring. And I was kind of like, both of you guys are retiring at the same time? What's going on? What's going on there? And th- this was at the time when, common core started coming into the picture mm, sure. uh the big state test they, they called it mm. park p-a-r-c-c oh. back then mm-hmm. oh, we, know um, we know it well everybody wanted out of it so mm-hmm. um i was really at a crossroad and i said you know you know what should i do because i loved i loved the library and but i don't know i just felt like i just felt like being in an education setting you just had more room for professional growth and I think I really made the, the the right decision. I mean, after after I left the public library and, and working in education, um, I became a Google certified trainer. I, I won a library journal award, uh, American Association 
American Association of School Librarians, social media superstar. I co-founded Ed Camp Urban. Ooh, and um, fantastic. I met a lot of those people on Twitter. Yeah. And, I, and and then I got my doctorate. So I think I, just, I did the great, great transition here. Yeah, that is, uh, that's an interesting, interesting journey. And so, of course, I guess I didn't realize, uh, you know, when you have a, when you get a master's in library studies, that there are so many different directions. Yeah, specializations. That's, that's what they, I didn't know that either. I thought it was just one degree and you had to like, you had to pick right. something. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so EdCamp Urban is that a is that an EdCamp that that you still put on or that you put on or what what is that? Can you explain that? An EdCamp is they call it an unconference, and I never really understood that. And 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 unconferences, you know, you go into a room, you you don't really know what the sessions are that day. It's not planned, but everybody who who comes to the EdCamp, you sit in one big room, and then the people who are there, including the ones who want to present, you put like on little sticky notes. What do you want to talk about or what do you want to learn? What do you want to present? And then the, that, that morning we have a big board, usually just put it on a wall and you put the sticky notes in, okay, room 312, they want to learn about uh, Twitter, Facebook, um, TikTok. Let's get all these people who want to learn social media and put them in that room. No presenter, just people sitting around talking. Yeah, it's a great, I think it's a, it's a great, uh, model for, for it, it is kind of an unconference conference we have one in st louis that's usually very successful and hopefully they're getting back into real doing it in person Are, have you been able to do yours in person yet or is it we still... haven't no that the last time we we yeah. had we held one was a couple of years ago but you know what's interesting today i was talking to one of the math teachers and uh they had uh they had a pd uh, i think it was a, a textbook company that that went over zoom and i don't know they it, they just kept saying that, that they didn't enjoy it as much as talking with their own colleagues. And I always huh. say the best PD is the people that you're working with. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think that's why that, that big thing of pineapple charts is such a, mm -hmm. it's, it's such a great thing for any school. And I wish more schools would do that. Like, why do you have to spend a thousand dollars on, you know, right. a, a, a that's ridiculous. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think a, if a pineapple chart picks up, and again, just to kind of explain to people who don't know what a pineapple chart is, um, it, it's a big chart basically that you put somewhere. I, ours was always in the mailroom, which made sense because everybody walks by it once or That's twice true. a day. Nice. Nice. Um, but uh, you could volunteer and say, "Hey, I'm presenting on such and such a day, or I'm I'm talking about this. Come see my classroom." Yeah, and so yeah. people would show up. Um, I I was out of the classroom before that got popular uh and i wonder if i would have participated that's i always kind of wonder now in the position that i'm in i'm like these things are awesome let's all engage let's but like when i was in the classroom as a yeah, teacher yeah. i don't i didn't love it when people came in I, there's kind of the i don't want to be judged thing but now that's that i'm too, yeah. right now that i'm on the other side I, I i i would pray that i would have been more open but you never know it's true well and i i think the teachers should feel and it's so hard, you know, because I think we all run our own classrooms in our own way and it works for us. But what, you know, noisy classroom next to you might not sound like what you want, but at the same time, it may be working for them. And, you know, kids might be silent in your class and that just works for you. It wouldn't work for somebody else. But I, I love that idea of empowering teachers too, because it's, it's a voluntary, you know what I mean? It's not mandatory. It's not Mr. Lurch is going to stand up here and talk about whatever Google tools for an hour. You know, it's, it's yeah. more about we're doing something cool. Come by and check this out. 
And uh, yeah, that's a that's an awesome idea. I love that. Yeah, you could remix it for your classroom, do something different, or do right, the same yeah. thing. I yeah. love that. It's a great way to learn. So, what kind of got you into ed tech? Did it just kind of come along with the librarian stuff, or did you sort of have a something that kind of pulled you in that direction too? Um, that's a good question. You know, you guys know I'm a big Twitter nut. That's the only social media that I use. Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember right. I tweeted something. I tweeted a statement, and it was um. The statement, the quote was, my job as a school librarian is to make you fall in love with both literature and technology. When you read and engage in technology, your imagination has no foreseeable boundaries. So I think really every school librarian has to integrate ed tech into every aspect of the media center and their lessons. Um, you know, you have to be willing to, to learn these new types of technologies and also to train staff on them. Right. Right. You yeah. Know? You kind of become the de facto trainer for some yeah. of these things. Whether you want to or not. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have to, you have to be that go-to person who's, you know, you know, great at literacy and tech. Um, and to me, I feel like you have to keep doing that because you have to remain relevant. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, well, and that's a great point with the libraries, yeah. the, the discussion, especially with the dawn of, you know, online card catalogs and, and those types of things. Yeah. The li the idea of a physical library became less required, but I think that idea has shifted yeah, yeah. the opposite direction. Now the, the physical library is a place that we need in, in schools and students need to go there, even if what they're doing is online. Right. Uh, but the, the skills they learn there and the research and that stuff is still super, super important. It is, and it, it, sometimes it's just a place to get away, right? You know, right. And relax, and then I don't know. I, I I still think every school should have one, especially the elementary schools. I mean, like today I had uh, seventh grade STEAM students after school, and and we did it. We I make sure after school activities. I I tend not to use technology. Number one, because they've been on a computer all day, right, all day. Sure. And number two, sure. oh my Chromebook's dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so I try to do like you know. There you go tactile things and we right. did we did a breakout edu and uh, bef before that i actually showed them the dear evan hansen movie trailer and uh -huh. they're kind of like why are you showing us this and i'm like well right now this has nothing to do with the breakout edu but <laughs> just sit tight and when they opened the box when they won i actually gave them all dear evan hansen books hmm. and you should oh, have saw the, cool. some of the kids were like hugging them and i'm like oh my god wow that's yeah, awesome and it was so happy i was so happy uh, that's that a, I, love, really cool. I love that idea for breakouts too. I, you yeah. know, I think that um, I, I think our, I've been lucky enough. We have a wonderful library in our town and yeah. my daughter is very much involved with it I, to the point where I I've had the chance to serve on our library board um, for a few years as well, just for the town, just yeah. in a, uh, role. Yeah. And, I, and, and I like to say that when I got nominated, I was the youngest person there by like 35 years. So really? it was a, it was a unique experience, but um, it, libraries, take up such a whether they're in school or their public libraries it takes up such a unique place it is not a place where kids go to get books only anymore you know it it, it could be various tools various activities uh you know time on a computer that is just time where i get to do something that's non-educational related you know we have kids right now who are experts at google classroom google docs slide sheets you know mm. from using it but to have them go to a website or do certain things, they may not get that. And so libraries serve that role 
in such a large way. What do you think are, in in your opinion, like what, what are those ed tech tools you think are quintessential for libraries or librarians? If you have somebody who's, you know, in a role where I'm a librarian and what are those ed tech tools that I need to beef up on? Do you have a couple of go-tos there or just kind of, um, you know, in, in need? Or? Some of the things that, that I've, I've been playing with is, I, I think one of the hardest things is making tutorials. Um, either People either use Camtasia or they actually, you know, screenshot things and then put little arrows in and, and write them out. But um, you guys probably heard of the new thing that's called um, Scribe. S C R I B E. It's a, it's actually a Chrome extension, and it auto generates this beautiful how-to guide on everything that you do, whether where you click, where you navigate, um, what you're typing in, and it 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 actually generates everything. Step one, uh, go to Google.com because it it saw that you went there. Step two, click. And it's, it just does everything for you. You don't have to take screenshots. It does it for you. It, it puts in a text, and it just makes this amazing how-to guide. Huh. It's really great. It's, that it's, is, it's I'm going to have to check that. Yeah, yes, I see and it's it here. So, of free. course, we both were just kind of looking this up. Um, <laughs> as you're talking, this is one that I don't. I have not heard of. Um, yeah, some of them. Okay. I think another one is called Tango T or T Tango. I forgot what it is, but it's there's a couple of them out there. But this one is really taken off. Yeah, cool. The uh, we just our actual last podcast we talked to someone from IORAD, um, uh, Arlen Kimmelman from IORAD, mm. which is which is a similar um, application as well. Right, that uh, they have one that that also creates the step by step guides. But I think that's uh, that is a really really important tool yeah. because it's it is super time consuming to put a good tutorial together yeah right either recording video regard i mean you you still feel like it's got to be exactly perfect and you got to prep it and it takes forever uh if you don't do a video then you're yeah the screenshots can take a long time right. anything to make that job easier i'm all about so i'm gonna have to check this one out too That's yeah, very cool. have you guys heard of a uh, pixel hunter as well mm-hmm all right, that's, that's so great. It, whatever photo you have, you just drop it into Pixel Hunter. And it's, it's an online website. It's completely free. It's not an extension. Just go to Pixel Hunter. Just type it in. Um, and you drop a photo in. And again, with, with AI, with artificial intelligence, it resizes the image for any social media platform. Oh, Twitter, cool. YouTube, TikTok. And it, you know, sometimes you upload a photo oh. onto something and you're like, ah, oh, that doesn't look good. Uh, this this person's cut out. But it, this this thing is amazing. Oh, that is cool. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. Okay. This uh this so far is a treasure trove of new things I've never heard of, which is yep. uh <laughs> kind of a rarity. We I don't get surprised too much with ed tech stuff, but so far no, that's, that's super cool. too. You're killing it. Yeah. Okay, what else you got? Got to give us a third one now. You got to tell us something else. Our third one is yeah. something I, I think every teacher should use, and, and a lot of them don't, especially administrators. Um, you have to please tell me you notice it's called, and you're gonna laugh at it. Sir Links a lot. <laughs> have you heard of it? <laughs> it's no. a play on words of Sir Mix a lot. Maybe uh, got oh back. God. Okay. Right. <laughs> it's no. called Sir Links a lot, and um, the reason I like this is. Uh, Everybody, we always make mistakes on the sharing permissions of Google Docs. Like if we want to, if we want to give it out to like the public or maybe right. only a specific number of people. Um, 
But with this is a Chrome extension. It's called Sir Links a lot. And all you do is, you know, you, you open up the doc, make sure you have it open, and then you click on the little extension. And the little extension is like a little, it's actually a guy. It's a guy with a hat on, like Sir mm -hmm. Links a lot. Sir Mix a lot. Yep. Well, yeah. with, with, with the glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes. his face is a link. That's I awesome. like that. Yeah, it's faces the link and he's got a black hat. So you, you click on that and then it gives you four options. The first one is generate a link uh, to as a template. So you click that button and you click oh, template yeah. and it's, it's going to give you the link. And now say that you wanted to give um, teachers maybe like, like an SGO template. Because normally what they do is they just send you the the Google Doc, and then you have to go in and make a copy, all that type of stuff. But with this, you could click on Use Template. You could preview it, right? Maybe if you don't want it, you don't want it. But now you could preview it and then click that button, Use a Template. They also have, you know, force a copy. So this way it forces them to click that mm -hmm. button, to copy. Right. Um, preview mode, which I think is great because a lot of times, um, especially like a superintendent, they'll they'll put out a Google Doc and then what's kind of weird is like you'll see like all the avatars on top of who, who's viewing the doc right kind of it's kind of like weird like oh my god who's viewing it mm -hmm. and by preview mode it, it kind of hides everybody and all you see is the information um and then you also have uh, the option is to um preview it as a pdf and what's cool is that any changes that you make it doesn't affect the link it still keeps everything the way it is <laughs> That's pretty brilliant. That is cool. Yeah, yeah I like yeah, that. I like it. <laughs> Those are good ones. All right, three for three. We killed yeah. it. Solid. Man, oh, man. Three I didn't well, know about. So with with no, I have not heard of those either. So so on that topic, uh, Krista, I mean it, it kind of lends itself well to this anyway. But you know, one of the things that uh, before we started talking, you had talked about how you know you're sharing tips to work smarter, not harder. So if we take it back mm -hmm. from specific ed tech tools, you know, if you're working with a teacher at your school or they come to you and they say, Hey, you know, I want to, I'm kind of overwhelmed with what I'm doing right now. Can you help me with that? What advice mm -hmm. would you give to work smarter and not necessarily harder to maximize your time? Usually I give them like extensions. I'll, I'll, I'll give them like tips, like Chrome shortcuts, um, sure. websites that could just do the job for you. Um, and, or a lot of times I'll actually volunteer and I'll say, Hey, I'll help you out with it. Yeah. You know, and, and, but it's just little things like just, you know, bookmarking something. A lot of people don't even know how to bookmark or, or put, right. put bookmarks in a specific folder. So this way, when you open right. up your computer, they all open up. Right. So it's, and, and I think you really need somebody that's just gonna listen to you. And just kind of show you step by step. And you know what I always live by is I always explain everything like that person is in fifth grade. That's how I always do it. And I always sure. ask, yeah, I always ask somebody too, if it's, a, if it's a really complicated thing, I always tell the person, please explain this to me like I'm in fifth grade. That's a very specific way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. Sixth yeah. or seventh grade, you're like, hmm. They might understand that. Third grade, yeah, you'll, you'll right, never right. get this. But fifth grade is like right in the, that's the. Look, come on, guys. If you're sometimes when you're in a meeting and somebody's talking about something in your head, you're kind of going. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the time. Uh, well, that I mean, that's, those are important skills, you know, and, and I think part, part of it too is that um, 
while you're kind of teaching, hey, here's how you bookmark, here's how you do this, hopefully they're also getting the idea that they can't break this stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's one thing that anytime, you know, I am dealing with a teacher who is like either unwilling to learn something new or just not interested, a lot of times they don't do it is simply because they're like afraid to click stuff. Right. They want to and yeah. So sometimes just getting over that fear and you saying here, I mean, just click around, click this and see what happens. And sometimes that, you know, helps, um, helps figure it out. I do that with my kids. My kids would constantly, you know, like, what do I push? I'm like, push anything. Just see what happens. Yeah. yeah. What I always say too is look, whatever happens, we could fix it. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. So, um, what, uh, what have you, What's your current job now? Where where are you um, working? Uh, I'm actually in uh, North Bergen, New Jersey, and I'm in uh, North Bergen High School, and I've been there nine years, nine years now. So it's so I've been into libraries sixteen years. Seven so so do you go to other school buildings? Because I know you said you were doing elementary. Uh, with with the middle school. Oh, gotcha. That's cool, yeah, because th what what I love is that um, I I wanted to teach the STEAM students, and mm -hmm. it, this is an afternoon thing, so they actually come on a bus to the high school, okay. and you know I'm loving it, and it, it's true. Middle school is is a tough grade to teach, but mm -hmm. you know I feel like if you if you teach high school, it's it's kind of the same thing. You know, they're yeah. a little sarcastic and and you know <laughs> cynical, <Right>. but yeah, <laughs> yeah, they hit them on the nose. Right. Um, yeah, so that's kind of so. Have you always been at the high school level? Yeah, I was been in the high school level, and what's great is that uh, a couple of years ago, the science supervisor asked me if I would teach the advanced STEM research class, and this is for twelfth graders. And I was a little bit hesitant. I said, oh, "I've never really, I've never really done this type of advanced mm -hmm. research." Sure. But you know what I like, and that's why, like, I encourage everybody to go for their doctorate. Is it really taught you how to conduct research, you know, mm. qualitative, quantitative, mixed method. And I teach these STEM students, I would say at like a fifth year college level. And, and a lot of times they're bored by it. A lot of times they hate it. But then once they see all the re rewards and awards that they actually win, mm -hmm. they get very happy. And they're like, oh, my God, Dr. Wells, thank you so much. And, and you know, I, I teach them all this stuff like lit reviews and how to get a lot of free articles that like charge you like 40 bucks a pop. Right. Um, and they don't realize how, you know, useful research is until they actually get out of high school. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's, that's definitely a rude awakening for a lot of people. Yeah. And a lot of them tell me like, I'm like, when the first year of college, I'm like, so, so how, how did you do? And they're like, oh, my God, the, the people in my, the students in my class are falling behind. And now I got to teach them how to do a lit review. And I'm like, see, you hated sure. the class. Yeah. but Right. Now you're thankful here. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. No, good. I'm. <clears throat> there's so much, uh, I, I think, so much that libraries have to give. And sometimes, especially, you know, with our reliance on technology, they tend to get overlooked. And I'm, I'm glad that they, uh, that librarians like you are sort of taking on the technology, not as a, an opponent, but as, uh, as, as a tool that you can use to make the people's lives easier. Right, right. You know, and, and whatever works, works for you. If it doesn't work for another class. And, and right. you know, I'm beginning to believe a lot, too. you got to really take a lot of breaks from um, the computer a lot during the day because some of these kids are on from, like, 8.30 to, to 3 oh, o'clock. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. And, and, and there's still value. I think pe- people tend to think just because, you know, like Adam and I have this background in ed tech and working in my own school district. When I work with teachers, uh, they're, they always are, you know, hesitant to say like, Hey, I don't want to do tech stuff. You know what I mean? Like we want to focus on this, but I totally agree with you. You know, it's, it's kind of a, it can be a little concerning when you step back and think, Hey, you know, the kids that I'm working with right now have not walked away from a computer in uh, hours and hours. And so there's, you know, definitely there's value in finding that time and moving away from that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Reading a book. Yes. In your hugging local library, uh, yeah, hugging, uh, hugging so a new cute. book. I want to take that picture. Like, darn it, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And they earned it. That's the mo- that's the best part. That's the yeah, thing. I was, so, I was so afraid they were going to go, oh, a book, and I was yeah. like, they, they were so happy. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, it shows Very you're doing nice. something right. You know, absolutely. For Thank sure. you. Thank you. So, uh, so let's see. We'll, let's talk a little bit about what we've got going on. Um, and what we're working on in our lives right now, Dave, what, what do you got going on? Well, uh, I am still in the thick of doing my admin courses through SIUE right now. And, uh, we are about to start a new block and I have allowed my advisor, Joe, if you're listening, which you're not, but if you were, uh, (laughs) Joe has convinced me to try my hand at two classes rather than one class at a time. Cause he thinks that I'll be totally fine with that. And, uh, so, so yeah, and it's, it's an accelerated course. So it's, it's pretty intense. Uh, but, but it's really not been bad. I have, I've said this before on this podcast, but my professors have been amazing to work with. I mean, they're all very great. Everything's been good. And so that's kind of what I've been doing right now. Uh, the end of the year is wrapping up quick, quickly for us at school. And so we're getting all of our curriculum purchases and, you know, plans in place for next year. And two things I'm really excited for on the professional front here. Uh, we are integrating a brand new STEM program at our school next year. And I, and I'll talk about it more in depth at some point on the podcast, but we have, have really gone from offering like the most rudimentary STEM class in history to mm-hmm. a genuine, like job ready skills class uh that's going to be pretty cool to see and uh we are working on implementing more sel for our not just our kids but our faculty and staff next year because uh you know that is a major thing we need to build back and uh, our teachers are in need of that and our kids are in need of that and i'm really excited to kind of talk about how that's going with the podcast because uh, all our planning has turned out to be fantastic and so just excited to uh see how that goes so i can't wait to hear this wow. yeah it's it's been a it is true when i say it's been like an 18 month project i mean it genuinely has been an 18 month project yeah, a lot of planning but but i mean it's you know we've been able to come through get funding for all these things and uh some amazing people are are helping us bring these to fruition and so we will see what happens here but awesome uh, luck yeah. man good luck yeah, so Adam, what about you? What are you working on? Oh, and our, of what? course, our secret project. We got secret a project. Secret project. <laughs> yeah, we do have our secret project we're working on, um, yeah. which we need to talk about. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we, uh, uh, so it's it, kind of interesting. My wife and I are we have twins. They're seventeen uh, year old boys, and they, you know, are we're assuming going off to college next year. Um, and they have gone to a student council trip. They're they're out of town for the next four days. Mm. Um, and so my wife and I came home from school today. You know, I mowed the lawn, took the dog out. 
And then we're like, now what? <laughs> like we're <laughs> That's so, right. this is a, this is early hinting at empty nesting. Yeah. Uh, and so we we spent the afternoon trying to come up with something to do tomorrow. Like, what are we going to do tomorrow? And so uh, we found a few things, some ideas. We're like talking about maybe going to a movie. I don't know. We don't know what's going on. But it's a very interesting, like, it's weird in our house. And we're going to try to keep ourselves busy so we don't uh, lose our minds. And, your your uh, twin boys, are they very close? Because I'm actually a twin. And, oh, and are you? I not live without my sister. I love her um, so much. Are, are your boys very close? Or are they, they, are, of... they are close, but they are like total opposites. Oh, so wow. <clears throat> their friend group is the same. Okay. Um, but, you know, we have, we have one who's kind of a type A, like really hard school worker, um, you know, does everything he can athletic wants to be successful at everything we have the other kid who is um, a little more naturally athletic not as focused on school like they are you know if, if you walk by their bedrooms one of them is the beds made everything is neatly put on the desk the other one has crap everywhere and it smells weird Isn't like that that's amazing? that is and they're that's how they are they don't look they don't look alike they're not, it's funny but they get along really well and they Good. do rely on each other a lot but we're interested to see because they haven't made any college decisions. They haven't hardly made, you know, any sort of announcements to us what they want to do. They very well could end up going to the same school. They could go in total opposite directions, yeah. and I wouldn't be surprised either way. So yeah. we we have no idea. But it's it's interesting, and it's it's going to be an interesting. Uh, you know, I mean, we're obviously not the first people to empty nest, but yeah. we're the first ones that that we know. So anyway. We'll see. Oh, good luck. But anyway, so there's, and, there's and the secret project. And the secret project. Right. project so, right. <laughs> the secret we, project. We'll yeah. talk about that at some point. We will. <laughs> what about Crystal, you? What are you, what are you doing? Um, you know, my school's actually going to be uh, moving our media center to a different location within the oh. same building. So I've been trying to think of, you know, <clears throat> what new technologies to get. I know the yeah. Prometheum movable boards mm -hmm. are like the best thing and uh, yep. i'm definitely taking we, we have this big 82 inch tv screen that we got from a grant um and i'm definitely taking that with us that yeah. tv is amazing 100 yeah, yeah man i love that but yeah it, it's it's tough it's you know it, mm -hmm. a lot of people want that job designing a new room, but it's, it's hard yeah it is hard challenging though <laughs> uh, absolute anything mobile that's the one thing that i learned i, I put in new uh touchscreen boards in all of our buildings in our mm. school districts and it was like the putting them on the wall really because of space we had to put them on the wall uh, okay. uh, but if i would do it again and if we weren't so concerned about spacing kids out because that was really our big issue was like we can't have all these on carts because we're squeezing kids into this room mm. and trying to keep them separated i would have put them all on carts Mm. I think the carts are so useful. Move them around, turn them different directions, yeah. put it in a different place in the room. It yeah. just adds variety uh, and, you know, so much flexibility that teachers could really, and we can get away from that, you know, graveyard setup. In a That's the main thing. They're all talking about the movable seating. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Uh, I remember my colleague the other one day, the other day, she says, where the heck do you want to go with these chairs? Right. <laughs> But it's true. You want to move them around, have a small group, big group, and and it's true. We right. we didn't think about that. That movable furniture was going to be so big. Right. Oh yeah, I totally would do it differently, but you know, it was the constraints of the time. And yeah. the last few I put in, I put on carts, just kind of, and said, "Deal with it. We have carts." <laughs> it's unfortunate, yeah. but sometimes they're going to be happy with it. I'm I'm sure. Yeah, they'll be happy with anything. As you got to do what you got to do sometimes. So yeah. Uh, well, that's a big project. 
moving yeah, huge project. holy cow especially yeah. for a library it's not like you're just moving classrooms i mean you're moving a whole media I'm like, yeah i'm dreading moving all those books yeah <laughs> get a good workout get your steps in yes <laughs> that, that'll be the one good thing about it that's true <laughs> right well what are we drinking tonight everybody what do you guys got I have Bailey's Irish cream oh, liqueur and Godiva fantastic. white chocolate. Oh liqueur my in my God. Coffee. Oh, man. <laughs> yes, that is that, that is uh that, that's decadent. Yeah, that's awesome. Amazing. You gotta it have really your does. coffee, man. It's the best. Yes, it really does. <laughs> I don't have anything that good. I have just uh shout out to my principal. Uh my principal went through something recently where uh required her to be away from school for a little bit. And uh so I covered for her for like three weeks. And, um, so she, when she came back, the first thing she did is, uh, she came up to my office and brought me a bottle of Woodford reserve. So I cracked it open tonight. (laughs) So she said much needed. A nice gift. Yeah, that was good. Good. Yeah. What about you, Adam? I I got an old bottle of, uh, Jameson, the, uh, cask mates. This is the, this is the stout edition. Uh, and it's good. I just, I love all, uh, Jameson flavors. Uh, one I have not tried yet is the orange. I have not brought myself to try it yet i need to i don't know what i'm going to think of it have either of you tried the jameson orange no No, i have not it It sounds interesting though i know but like jameson's just like the perfect irish whiskey and i hate to mess it up it really is you know i actually want to ask you guys what is one of your favorite sweet wines like a dessert wine because i've been really looking for a great one um so my wife loves riesling riesling is by far her favorite Um, that tends to be my wife's favorite uh some of her favorites and i know we just found one that she really likes the vignoles i don't know what uh i don't know which brewer that is or brewer Mm, what winery that is i'm gonna have to look uh you caught me off guard so i didn't look these up but (laughs) uh it's a vignoles and i don't remember what the I might have to look at it and send it to you. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, Those and there's another that she, she, uh, St. S-T-E, St. No, not Genevieve. St. I'm going to look that one up too. Yeah. She has a couple that she really likes that we always try to get. Yeah. Um, Okay, great. Because they're light. She doesn't like the bubbly. If it's too dry, she doesn't like. She like not too sweet. Like it's got to be like kind of right in that sweet spot. Mm. Sure, it's hard to get. I'm telling you, it's hard to get yeah. that perfect wine. It right. really is. My my wife is not a the biggest wine fan. She a couple of years ago, I mean, in the pandemic, if I'm being honest, we uh, we were kind of turned on to making cocktails, and the cocktail that we ended up sticking with the most were Kentucky and Moscow mules. We just seem to make those all the time. Oh yeah. The and mules. That's her oh, go-to. Yeah. I mean, if we have something that tends to be what her, her choice is, but yeah, that's good choice. Yeah. That's solid stuff there. So, but, um, so really quickly before we go, if, if you're interested in a really interesting wine um, podcast, so this is not necessarily about wine, but it's a podcast uh, that I listen to all the time. Uh not reply all it's the other one it is oh man another brain fart uh i'll find it in just a second while i'm talking about it but anyway they just did an episode about the sideways effect which was the effect that came out at when that movie um yeah, sideways sideways With came Paul out oh seven yeah. yeah it's a great movie it's a great movie um, but totally. in in the movie he says like anything but a merlot i'll never drink an effing merlot 
and that like absolutely killed merlot sales really like, for wow. for decades oh my god um but you know of course so the they're trying to say is it really that movie that did it or was it just like was it bound to go down yeah, at they some were on the point way yeah. merlot yeah. was so popular people were putting you know really crappy merlots together anyway yeah. the podcast is fantastic it talks a lot about wine and a lot about you know the way wine is portrayed in the film and how that affected the way people saw wine huh. uh, it was really really good and i it's uh it's not it's not reply all it's the other one it's uh i don't hold on <laughs> I'm going to pause it for a second. This is good podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> doing great. I'll be editing most of this out. Oh, it's Dakota Ring. That's it. Dakota Ring. So if you look up the Dakota Ring podcast is really, really good. Willa Paskin huh. is the host. She's phenomenal. And they cool. do such awesome topics. They did one just a little bit ago about um, the method, like method acting and where it came from and what it oh. really means. I bet that's um, really cool. Really good. Like they did one about um the race to see which razor blade could have the most numbers of razors. Like, you know, when the when they came out with the Mach three that had three yeah. razors on oh, it. Yeah, and right. then the Quattro and like is there any difference between five and seven and you know anyway. That's it was hard. it's kind of stuff that like it's just cool stuff that you wouldn't have thought of, and that is cool. I just loved it. I thought that was such a. I don't went drink a lot of wine, but I love that uh, that podcast was good. So Dakota Ring, check it out. That's my cool. suggestion. Looks like it's going to be a good conversation piece too. If you have nothing uh, to talk about. Oh, right? totally. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, do you like Merlot? <laughs> yeah. No, I hate Captain Merlot. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Um, all right, so we've taken up enough of your time this evening. I know it's super late. It's getting to be like almost two in the morning now where you are, right? No, not quite. <laughs> Where's we, that China? So. China <laughs> out there in the middle of the Atlantic. Yes. We, um, uh, so anyway, we really, really appreciate you taking the time uh, and chatting so. with us tonight. Um, thank you so much for, for spending the evening. You're welcome. It's great to be here. You guys are, are amazing. I love oh. talking to you. Well, good. Well, we, yeah, appreciate, we appreciate that. that. And and uh, Krista, if people want to look you up, what can they? Yeah, how do they do how, that? How can they do that? How can they find? I'm you? on Twitter. It's just Krista Wells, K R I S T A, and and then W E L Z, four letters. Four and, letters. And, nice your, and your Twitter is pretty fantastic too. You got yeah, a lot of great you. stuff yep. on there. So I try to tweet as often worth. as I can, but yeah, it's it's worth checking out for anybody interested because there's a lot of cool stuff on there. So for sure, thanks guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. So again, uh, you can find us here um, on the podcast and all of your podcast places at Spotify and. Uh, uh, Pandora and all of those great places, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. You can also find us online at edtechdistilled.com. You can find us on Twitter at edtechdistilled. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Geisen. You can find Dave. He's at Mr. Lurch Class uh, on Twitter. So feel free to look us up and hit us up. If you've got uh, something to contribute to the podcast, you want to be on, you can reach out to us there. Questions uh, about diapers? Who knows? Questions about diapers? <laughs> you can <laughs> It'll be a whole episode about that. And uh, you can also find us as well on the uh, as part of the Education Podcast Network at edupodcastnetwork.com. So find us there as well. Thank you again, Dr. Crystal Wells, for joining us. Thanks, Dave. And we will see you all in the next episode. <laughs>